Hi, this is Mary, and you're listening to Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again. I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas, and this is your February 5th Sunday Sermon. I'm so grateful you could be with us today. We're kicking off a brand new sermon series, one that I really think will help us gain a level of wisdom in our daily lives. It's called Word to the Wise. And over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about several different themes in the book of Proverbs. I'm going to start today with a message titled, A Healthy Fear. Now, chances are you've been frightened at some point in your life. In many cases, fear will cause us to run and hide. However, Proverbs talks about a different kind of fear, a healthy kind of fear, one that involves God himself. The Bible calls it the fear of the Lord. But what does this really mean? Can we really have a healthy fear of the Lord? And how does that apply to us today? Those are some great questions, and I'll answer them and more in just a moment. But I'd like to start with a word of prayer. Please join me. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for this opportunity we have to begin this new journey in Proverbs. Teach us today about a healthy fear. And I thank you in advance. In your holy name we pray, Lord. And everyone said, Amen. There was a policeman who was walking his beat. I don't know if he was writing a ticket or watching a suspicious individual, but he was distracted enough that he barely felt the tug on his coat. He turned, and there stood a little girl. Can I help you, the policeman asked. My mommy told me that if I needed help, I should find a policeman, she replied. Suddenly, a little alarmed, the policeman asked, Oh, What's wrong? Looking down, she put out one of her feet and asked, Could you tie my shoes? Now, why did that little girl look for a policeman? Because she knew he would help. She knew he could be trusted. She knew that she didn't have to fear him. Now, let's change the scene for a second. You're driving down the road going 65 miles per hour in a 55 mile per hour zone. Now, I know none of you have ever done that before, but just for the sake of argument, let's say you did. And you're not the only one. It seems that everybody else on the road is also driving about 65 miles per hour. Now, over the crest of the hill comes a police car. What happens? That's right, everybody slows down. Why? Because they don't believe the policeman is there to help them. They don't think they can trust him to overlook their speeding. In fact, they believe they have a good reason to fear him because they've been caught doing something wrong. Now, bear in mind, they don't know who the policeman is. It might be their Uncle Fred. It might be a close friend. It might even be someone they know and like, but it doesn't matter. The car represents the hand of judgment, and they've been doing wrong, and they're afraid. And there's that word, fear. The Bible tells us that some fear is a good thing. Open up your Bible or Bible app to the very first chapter of Proverbs. There, in Proverbs 1-7, we're told, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. That phrase, fear of the Lord, it's mentioned 18 times in Proverbs, and it's repeated so often because the writer of these Proverbs believes this kind of fear is an important trait of wisdom. Now, I went through and collected all 18 of those verses, and I began to sort through them, looking for things that they might have in common. And I found that a vast majority of those verses taught that fearing God can have two very important benefits for those who are wise enough to practice them. The first benefit of fearing God is that it helps me to avoid evil. That's right. Now look at Proverbs 8, 
verse 13. It says, All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption, and perverse speech. So if I fear God, I'll avoid evil things. In fact, I'll hate evil things. But if I don't, I won't. If I don't fear God, I won't hate evil. I recently read about a preacher who told about two sets of parents in one of the churches he served. Their children were going to a prom on both of these God-fearing Christians had rented rooms in hotels for their children and their dates so they could spend the night together. Now, were these God-fearing parents? No, they weren't. They didn't care what God thought, and they didn't care about the judgment God would bring upon their family for this evil. They did not fear God, and so they did not hate evil. In fact, they embraced it. Another preacher had worked hard on inviting a non-Christian friend to the church. The friend learned about Jesus and was eventually baptized into Christ. But after a few months, he stopped coming to church. That frustrated the preacher because he'd spent so much time getting his friend to decide to go to church and ultimately to belong to Jesus. So the preacher went out to find out why his friend had stopped coming. The friend explained that he decided to quit the church when one of the leaders in the church got up to give a devotional. The church was large enough that the new Christian hadn't noticed him before, but when he did, he recognized the man as a manager at the plant where he worked. This Christian leader had a reputation at the plant. He just took about everything that wasn't nailed down. He would take home tools and paper and whatever else he could sneak out the door. The man was a thief. When the preacher's friend realized this man was a leader at church, he left. Now, could this new Christian have handled his situation better? Absolutely he could have. But the real question is, is this Christian leader a God-fearing man? The answer is no, he wasn't. He didn't care what God thought. He didn't care if his behavior turned people against Jesus. He frankly didn't fear God, and so he did not hate evil. In fact, he embraced evil. One last story. I heard of a church where one of the deacons was committing adultery and everybody in town knew it. In fact, everybody in the church knew it. When that deacon was removed from office, the board held a special meeting where the ex-deacon was in obvious attendance. They put him back in office. Why? It was suspected that he threatened to sue the church if they didn't. Now, was that a God-fearing church? No, it wasn't. The church liked God well enough, and they might have even respected God in some odd way, but they didn't fear him. Who did they fear? They feared the deacon, and so they did not hate evil. They embraced evil. But as Proverbs 8.13 says, All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption, and perverse speech. Now, those people in churches we talked about didn't fear God, so they embraced evil. But a God-fearing person or church will avoid evil like it's the plague. So fearing God properly will help me avoid evil in my life. The second benefit of fearing God says that the proper fear of God will help me live a long life. Look at Proverbs 10, verse 27. It says, Fear of the Lord lengthens one's life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Now, how does that work? Well, in various places like the rooms of our homes or buildings where we work, there are electrical outlets. Sometimes they're on the wall, sometimes they're in the floor. Now, all of these outlets have electrical power running to them. And because of that power, we can plug in appliances and computers, and audio and video equipment, all these different kinds of things. Now, if you go to a local hospital, you'll find all kinds of devices 
plugged into color-coded wall sockets as well. They plug in these devices that monitor your health as well as devices that could save your life. You could say that the power offered in those outlets or sockets can add pleasure to your life. They can add years to your life. If you were to take, let's say, a butter knife, and if you took that butter knife and you stuck it into an electrical outlet, what's going to happen? Well, absolutely, you're probably going to get shocked, maybe even frizz your hair a bit, but it also might cause your heart to stop, or worse. So in those outlets, there is power, and that power can bring me life, or it can bring me death. If I'm wise and I have proper fear for that power, I'll add years to my life. But if I don't, what if I won't? Now, I've never put a knife like that or any other kind of thing into a wall socket before. I mean, why not? For the same reason, I've never put my tongue on a frozen pipe. I'm afraid of what'll happen. I don't have to experience these things to be afraid of them. You see, when I fear God, I realize there are certain things he hates. If he hates something, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that because if God hates something, that's good enough for me. Now, what makes God angry about sin is that it hurts me. Or if it doesn't hurt me, it'll hurt someone else around me. I don't have to understand how my sin hurts people any more than I have to understand how electricity hurts people. I just have to know that God, if he hates something, I should hate it too. And I should stay away from it. Let's say I see a little child trying to put a knife into a wall socket. Am I going to sit down with him or her and try to explain the theory of electricity? Of course not. They would never understand that. What I'd probably do is take that knife away and discipline them somehow. But now, if that child repeatedly tries to put the knife or some other item into the wall socket, I may have to decide to put a little fear of God into them. They may not understand what electricity could do to them, but they'll understand how to fear me. Now, if I love him or her, that's probably just what I would do. I would want them to think twice about putting that knife into a socket. And you see, God's like that. He's not some celestial ogre waiting for us to do some bad thing so he can drop the hammer on us. He is a father who wants to protect us from evil. If you're a Christian, you are his child. He is your heavenly father. So just like any parent, if he sees that you're doing something you shouldn't, he'll get your attention one way or the other. Hebrews 12 verses 7 through 9 says, Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you, and he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. So if I fear God, I'll build a wall between evil things for me. On one side of the wall, let's say it's the left side of the wall, that's all the bad stuff. I don't want to go there. But then there's the right side of the wall. That's the good stuff. It's safe to be over on that side of the wall. So on that side of the wall, it's like being like that little girl asking the policeman to tie her shoe. She has no reason to fear that man. He's there to help and protect. But on that other side, that left side of the wall, it's like those cars on the highway. On the other side of that wall is the danger of judgment and punishment. Those who live on that side of the wall get exactly what they deserve, either from the hand of God or from the ultimate pain their lifestyles deal to them. As Proverbs 13:15 says, a treacherous person is headed for destruction. So here on the right side of the wall, that's where I want to stay because that side of the wall has life. But on the left side, I would face death. So Proverbs tells us that fearing God the right way is healthy. A healthy fear of God leads to repentance and a changed life. And if I have this kind of fear of God, 
It will protect me from evil, and it will lead me to a lifestyle which ends up adding years to my life. That's a healthy kind of fear. But just as there's a healthy kind of fear, there's an unhealthy way to fear God. Just as a healthy kind of fear can drive us to change our lives to please God, an unhealthy fear of God can lead us to hide from him. Let's talk about that. In Genesis, we're told the story of Adam and Eve. They sinned. They ate the fruit from the tree God had forbidden. They feared God. So what did they do? Genesis 3 verses 8 through 10 says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because, while I was over the speed limit, I did something I was ashamed of. You can add whatever you want in there, but Adam's reply was, I was afraid because I was naked. If we continue to sin, if we refuse to fear God the way we should, we can end up fearing being around God. And we'll look for ways to hide from him, just like Adam and Eve did. Even though we know in our hearts we can't outrun or hide from God. We do it in our everyday lives too, folks. 2 Corinthians 7.10 has another way of saying it. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. So in other words, if I end up doing something I ought not to do, and I fear God the way I should, I will have a godly sorrow that will make me want to repent of what I've done. I'll be prompted to abandon my sin, and that will bring me God's salvation and leaves me with no regrets. But there's more to that verse. I didn't read all of verse 10. Take a look at it again. The rest of verse 10 continues by saying, But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Worldly sorrow, it differs from godly sorrow in that my sinful fear of God makes me want to hide from God and live life in the shadows. That type of fear will ultimately lead to death and hell. I want a godly sorrow. I want a fear of God that makes me want to change my bad habits and so that I can please him, so that I'll have no regrets in my life. Now, there's one more aspect about fearing God that I want to share with you before we close out today. And that is, God loves those who fear him properly. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 103. Psalm 103 verses 11 to 13 puts it this way. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as east is from west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. So God loves those who fear him properly. He has compassion for them, like a father has compassion on his children. And because God loves us and has compassion on us, nothing else can touch us. God will protect just the same way that any father would protect his children. And when that happens, Proverbs 3, 23 through 26 says, They keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear. You'll lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. God will be my confidence. Can you say that with me? God will be my confidence. When I fear him and I seek to honor him in all that I do, I know he's got my back and I know I don't have to fear anything. I don't have to fear angelic beings. You remember what the angels would say to biblical heroes when God sent them, right? 
The first words out of their mouths were, Do not be afraid. I don't have to fear Satan and his minions. 1 John 5.18 says, We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. I don't have to fear what men or women can do or say to me, and I don't have to fear the past, present, or future. When we fear God properly, he's got our back. We can trust him because we know he's there to protect us. As we wrap up today, maybe you heard some things that got your attention. Maybe you need to readdress which foundation you're building your life on. Or maybe this whole concept of the fear of the Lord is a new reality for you. Maybe you've always associated fear as something bad. My hope is that you've gained some insight regarding what it really means to have a healthy fear of the Lord. Word to the wise, let this message not push you further from God, but rather let it draw you in close so that you can learn more about his love, grace, mercy, and strength, gaining wisdom and knowledge in the process. Let me close with a word of prayer. Lord God, help us all to grow in righteous knowledge that leads to wisdom. Help us to develop a healthy fear of your awesome power and grace. And I pray if someone is praying today with us, that Lord, if they've never opened their heart to you, that they would do today and invite you in. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church. Real people. A real God. Real hope.